Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish dash tech dash news. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast. This is your host, Jamil Hassan, and um, aka Crypto Hipster, uh, where I cover all things in the world, blockchain and crypto globally. Um, and today we're in for a treat. I have a very special guest. My guest today is Jeremy Kaufman, who is the chief executive officer and founder of both Odyssey and Library. Welcome to the show. It's great to be here with you. It's great to have you. Um, first, let's kick off and, and I'll ask you, what's your background and what inspired you to create both Odyssey and Library? So I have a formal background in computer science and physics, though I may be one of the less uh, qualified people to do physics that, that have a physics degree at this point because I haven't done it in more than a decade. I have an entrepreneurial background. I founded a software company uh, prior to library that grew to uh, a decent size. I later sold that firm to private equity. And I was working at that company and working on that company when I started thinking, you know, I started learning about blockchain. And I came at blockchain from the computer science perspective. And I've always been into sort of um you know freedom of information the internet itself i've been online since a very young age and i couldn't stop thinking about this idea of could we use a blockchain to maintain uh, a register a listing of information of digital content of things like videos and books that's not owned or controlled by any one party that has that same property as Bitcoin, but for digital publishing. And that's something we say about library that you know library does to publishing what Bitcoin does to money. And I couldn't stop thinking about it. And when I can't stop thinking about something, I have to work on it. And here we are, uh, you know, five or six years later with you know more than 20 million people using odyssey.com uh, in a month, which which has become sort of the the most popular way to use uh, to access the library network. And everything's been, you know, been going tremendously uh, for us. Um, Library has been getting more and more popular, and it's really become, in many ways, I think, the successor to YouTube. Awesome. I uh, I pulled the uh, crypto community for some questions uh, for you, um, because I know a lot of people are content creators, and um, one of the things that came back was uh, how do different types of content creators, you know, such as video creators and streamers um, engage with library and how does it all work and what the resources are available to them? Yeah. So how library works can get technical and complicated, though I'm certainly happy to dig in as one of the people that helped invent and conceive of it. The For sort of the um, no, more normal <laughs> uh, person, you don't need to understand all the technical specifics. You can go to odyssey.com, O-D-Y-S-E-E.com, and hopefully people will follow your channel on that uh, on that site, as well as many, many other channels from 
very popular YouTubers, very popular creators, some of which you may have kind of wondered where they went uh, because YouTube has become kind of hostile to the kind of independent content creation that once made it big. And so odyssey.com, the way that you'll use it, it's very simple to use. It's very easy to use. It doesn't come with a lot of those complexities that a lot of other blockchain stuff comes with. You know, you don't have to use MetaMask. You don't have to use all of this kind of weird and, and tricky stuff. You can do those things. And I can talk about those if, if your audience is one that, that wants to know, you know, how to, how to be sort of, you know, the, the hardcore, uh, you know, Bitcoin you know, a sovereigntist, or I don't know what the word would be, you know, where you're having that, you're, you're doing it all yourself. Um, but for most people, if you're a content creator, and we also have a tool for content creators that makes it really easy to copy over all of their content. You know, for most people, they use odyssey.com because they're, they're tired of the bad policy, the exploitation, the inequities that are enforced by YouTube. And the blockchain and the open source technology behind it called library that enables that, that's something that honestly 90% of people don't, don't know about. And I'm happy to talk more about it, but I just wanted to be clear at, at the outset that, you know, as we talk about some of these complexities, you know, we're talking about like, we're getting into how does a car work? How does, a, how does an internal combustion engine function? What is, what is the specific mechanization of a car? Well, you know, most people turn the key and they drive it, you know, and they don't understand all of those things. And so we've we've worked very hard to provide experiences that are really easy, that are really friendly, that you don't have to understand all of the complexities. One of my questions came from the Litecoin community, and one of the ladies uh, said, "Well, how do I hook up my streaming software?" That was her. Yeah. Thing. How do how do we do that? So live streaming is something that was just added to Odyssey. It is not part of the decentralized library protocol. It's a feature of Odyssey.com specifically, and it works similar to other live streaming where you're given a, we will have a go live. We're, we're working on adding a go live functionality where you can do it from your phone or directly from your camera. But right now, the way it works is you're given a URL and uh, it's called an RMTP URL, which may sound technical, but if you're a streamer, you've probably seen that before. And then you can configure your software, whether it's OBS or whatever you're using, you put in that URL and you stream to that URL and then you're live. Seems simple enough. Um, sounds good. Um, so the other question uh, is the income structure. The income structure, the revenue model, how does that benefit your content creators? So uh, there's a lot of benefits for creators in terms of income versus the, the sort of status quo of YouTube. When you're getting tipped or uh, supported by your users, we're not taking any cut. In fact, the design of library is such that we can't even take a cut. Uh, you also uh, earn on a view basis, and those earnings are are typically a CPM that's comparable or higher than YouTube. You're paid in a cryptocurrency. It settles instantly, so you get it right away. And a lot of the minimums that exist on YouTube don't exist in this system. Great. So with with the, I'm thinking about currency, and I'm thinking about. Um, the IPO for or the direct listing of Coinbase today. So, uh, when 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 are you going to be on Coinbase or or uh, <laughs> more? <laughs> uh, you know, that's a that's a question for Coinbase. I I can't tell you. Um, you know, Library has become one of the most used 
blockchain-based systems with more than 20 million people using it in the last month. And something that we haven't done as much as other blockchain companies is we haven't focused on, you know, hype, hype, hype. We focused on building something that people actually want to use and can touch and interact with and find enjoyable. And I believe that as long as we continue to sort of focus on on that, on user experiences, on having a product that people really like, that everything else will come in time. I think some of these blockchain companies focus, you know, they focus their entire focus is on hyping the token. And I don't see how that ultimately creates a, a compelling product. And I think that focusing, like to me, financialization is something that comes over time and the focus is on driving adoption and, and getting something that, that people can use. Um, but we are looking at adding um, sort of first class swap features directly into the apps. Um, for now, you have to use third party exchanges to turn the token into Bitcoin or into dollars or euros or whatever your currency of preference is. But there's probably about a dozen places you can do that. Coinbase just isn't one of them. So one of the things you just mentioned was, um, was network effect. And I had been looking at token prices and not really looking at the network effect, but it makes a huge difference uh, because then it grows exponentially. Um, so what are your thoughts on, on that? Yeah, I, so I don't want to speculate too much about the price of the, the token, but the I believe that I believe that too many blockchain companies do are focusing on the wrong things. They're trying to create a bunch of hype and sort of either hoping or praying that that hype leads to something substantive or they don't even care about ever delivering something substantive and they're just trying to to get some money and to cash out. I think that our company has a track record of sort of being the exact opposite. We've focused relentlessly on creating a product that people want to use and said that in time, you know, the the price will be what the price will be. And, uh, you know, I do think that tends to correlate with with demand and usage, but that's not our goal. Our goal is to create a system that people really want to use. Uh, our goal is to create software that's enjoyable. Our goal is to create is to solve the problems and the exploitation that's currently going on, uh, you know, with the existing sort of big tech solutions. So let's get into that exploitation. What are some of the top reasons people join library? Um, and you, it's not price, it's just other than just, you know, other than just investing, right? Um, as an alternative, as an alternative to YouTube's highly restrictive policies for some categories of content creators. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't think you should do it as an investment. I think you should do it as for reasons of empowerment or the ability to make, to get a, a larger revenue share than you're getting currently or any number of reasons. And I'll talk about some of those. So one is that I'd say, honestly, the biggest isn't, is that like YouTube has become highly corporate. Like YouTube started as this place where it was about independent content creators, indie content creators, sort of people just making videos. YouTube has become much more like cable television, you know, where they're, you know, they're amplifying the, um, the Stephen Colbert's, the Gordon Ramsay's, like all of these, all of these content creators who are already established. And the, the independent voices are explicitly actually being diminished on the platform. And so I'd say that's one of the biggest reasons is like people kind of want a YouTube that's closer to what YouTube was five or 10 years ago than what it is now. Uh, YouTube also takes 
you know more than 50% of every dollar earned and so there are creators who don't want to who don't want to give so much of that income to YouTube there's also this sense that you know why do i want someone else you know peering over my shoulder why do i want to build up the success of this thing that i have no stake in no say in you know and when you're publishing to the library network you have much more control you're not building on top of quicksand there's not this ability for everything to be taken away from you because you you know you misspoke or not even misspoke i mean a lot of it's like ai algorithms now you know and it's not it's not even a human being and so it's like you know if you're simply uncomfortable with being you know dominated and ruled by machines you know and their ai algorithms you know you might want to join something a little bit more human and you know those are some of the reasons that people are coming on also on the user side you know the fact that you don't have to watch as many ads that all of your data isn't being sold all of these things are are reasons that people are joining so i'm going to ask you straight up how do you censor your content creators and what do you consider sensible content so this is a question that's sort of answered at two different layers so on odyssey.com we do have community guidelines those community guidelines i think are fairer and more inclusive than youtube's are but odyssey will for example you know filter your will block or filter your content from being accessed in other words your content won't be available on the site if you're you know encouraging violence or you're being you know um you know you're encouraging certain types of hatred and this kind of thing uh that's different from the library technology itself which is an open protocol that's closer to you know bitcoin or email or even the world wide web where at the lowest level there's not an ability to censor or control things we so in the sense that you know in the same way that there's no one place to control the entire email network there's no one place to control the entire bitcoin network this is also true of publishing on library um, but this isn't really different than the status quo if people want to use library to break the law we're not going to facilitate that we're going to discourage it we even maintain blacklists of content that's known to be illegal to help people use the software in legal ways and so you know we have more than 10 million pieces of content on the network there's you know maybe there's a very very small percentage of this content that has any kind that's you know that's violating copyright or things like this and very and and when it when that does happen we put it on the blacklist and most people the vast vast majority of people want to interact legally and so they don't you know they they use the software in a way that lets them use it legally great so um that makes sense that's good i see a lot of people i'm i'm connected to a lot of people on on twitter and i see all the time people are complaining and you know that they got shut down by youtube for no reason they're not violent they're just promoting uh, or talking about their program which oh, is fine yeah i mean there's there's so many examples of this i mean in the last year we've seen youtube delete senate testimony we've seen youtube delete uh elected politicians and their ability to speak we've seen youtube delete uh journalists 
and journalistic content. I mean, one of the crazier ones I think is this Ford Fisher story where Ford Fisher is a all he's a journalist who goes around and he just films events. So he goes to the various protests and the rallies and all he does is take out his camera and film and he's not even really providing commentary. If he's providing commentary, it's like you're very factual, like just describing what's happening. His he has a video that was used in the Trump impeachment hearings that was used by the New York Times that was used by CNN. YouTube refuses to let this video be published. The video is not allowed on YouTube. And the only way in which YouTube will allow the video is if Ford contextualizes it. That's the word they use. What that means is spin it. So simply providing footage of an event that was a major event in American history, that was a major political event, that was a major news event, YouTube has said, Live footage that is not commentated is not allowed. The only way this content can be allowed is if you tell people what to think about it. And I, so I think YouTube has just really gone off the rails. That's doing anything. So let me get this, see if I get this right. Um, that's kind of like borderline propaganda, right? Don't you think? <laughs> it It's like, I mean... Sometimes I feel like I'm in, a, you know, like a pod people movie where it's like, how do more people not see this? Like, it's one of the most insane stances that I've ever seen a company take in like any context to say that you can't provide live uncommented. And by the way, it's also not like there's not some, you know, it's not footage where there's like people shouting racist things or people calling for violence or anything like this. It's like. It's just it's just a portion of the events that went down uh, at the Capitol on January 6th, and he's not allowed to to share that, despite the footage being of major national significance. Again, used in the Trump impeachment trial, used by other major news companies who are who are happy to share the footage when they're doing the reporting. YouTube says you have to color this; you can't provide it without context. So I think it's dystopian, honestly. I'm in awe. <laughs> I uh, I know there's a lot of articles out there now that are more emotion or more emotionally triggering, under the guise of being academic. Uh, how do how does you see? Do you have your content creators insight? Are they more academic or are they more like like that? I just curious. You, I mean, you'll find a wide range. You'll find the you know we have a lot of academic and engineering and science type creators there's a whole category on odyssey called lab where you can find you know you're talking about creators like veritasium and three blue one brown and nile red and you know, these are some of the most popular science creators on youtube that are now publishing to the library network but you can find all kinds of stuff you know you can and it's not all like that you know it's Again, it's like YouTube a decade ago where you're going to find everything. It's, it's, you're going to find all kinds of things. And we do see, I would say, particularly we see that like a lot of younger creators, a lot of the people, you know, like if PewDiePie were joining today, I don't think he'd join YouTube. I think he'd be joining Odyssey. So you, you, there's all kinds of like weird and up and coming stuff that you, you'll find on Odyssey that you're, you wouldn't find on YouTube. I could talk to you for about this for hours, but I want to script the gears because I um, I think it's important. Uh, you're 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 being sued by the Securities and Exchange Commission for selling crypto tokens in what many are calling 
um, yet another SEC overreach. Um, what lessons are you learning from the SEC versus Ripple case that'll help you? Uh, so, yeah, this case is is wild. Um, I mean, they do say you're not catching flack unless you're over the target. And there's, you know, there's definitely something going on here because, well, there's sort of two interpretations. One is that there's something political about this that, you know, because we're we're not following the sort of big tech uh, standards, that that's something that the government doesn't like because there has been this weird kind of fusion between the government and big tech and the corporate press that I think is it's alarming to me and I think it's alarming to many others. So there, there, it, there could be an aspect to this, right? The case has been open for three years that they only chose to pursue it after, you know, we were getting a ton of traction in response to, to some of the insane events of the last six months. Um, the sort of other interpretation to me is simply that regulators are lazy. Um, the SEC's position is that every cryptocurrency in the United States is a security. Um, so they want every single uh, blockchain token to be registered, to be tracked. You know, if you want to give your friend a dollar, you got to fill out the right paperwork. It's not something that they want people to be able to freely build and to freely create. And we've been very honest. We've been very transparent about everything we do. You know, the evidence in this case is things that they downloaded from our website that you can still download. They're not alleging fraud. They're not charging any individuals at the company. They're not charging anything criminal. And they're not, um, there's no victim. No one has alleged any harm. So, you know, I think the SEC, you know, sometimes government agencies suffer regulatory capture. It seems that the SEC may be suffering from this, where they're more interested in sort of protecting the status quo than, you know, protecting the people that they're supposed to protect. And in our case, we made it very easy because we haven't attempted to hide anything. We haven't attempted to obscure everything, anything. We've been one of the most transparent companies in the blockchain space. And I think it's possible that we're being punished for that. I can see that. Um, the, uh, the attack vectors, there, there, are, there remain like um, still SEC has, has these attack vectors, it seems against the industry so where they are you know uh coming up with stuff out of thin air uh, it appears like it seems um, how do we mitigate these attack vectors and how can we move crypto forward because you said you know if you have if you develop freely don't you think that'll, that'll freely develop our ability to build our society and economic uh status again yeah so i also want to be clear that there's no risk to users of library or odyssey there's no chance that the network is going anywhere there's no chance that the that odyssey as a website will go away this is about the sec making my company's job harder about causing us economic damage and reducing our ability to get investment money it's not about because uh, it's not about um there's no existential risk. I want to be really clear about that. No one's cryptocurrency is at risk. No one's content is at risk or, or anything like that. I, you know, I think it's what they're doing is really devastating to the United States. Um, I don't know how much your audience will care about that, but like, you know, I like a United States that, 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 that that's at the forefront of innovation. That's being, you know, that's not, that wants to be a world leader. 
And right now, you know, like this, so the SEC's suit, similar to the Ripple case, U.S. exchanges are now less inclined to provide access to the token. But we, so we lost one U.S. exchange. In that same time period, we've added three Chinese exchanges. I think that's, you know, I'm, I'm happy to work with the Chinese. I'm happy to work with anyone. But I think that's going to be disastrous for my country um, because this, this technology is the future. Um, blockchain is one of the biggest innovations and most empowering technologies to be created in my lifetime. And the United States risks falling behind and any country that attempts to regulate it too much risks falling behind. I don't think they'll ultimately win because this is a technology that people really like and every person who uses it and touches it tends to like it. And while there may be reasons for regulators to want to go after it, you know, regulators are going to regulate. I think that ultimately too many people are going to like it for them to be able to crush it. So um, I'm, I'm working in my basement, right? Um, as yeah. an entrepreneur. So instead of my garage basement, same thing, right? Um, and I printed pictures of my books on the, and I've pasted, I've taped them on the wall. One of my books is Regeneration X, and it talks about um, SEC um, had to, in the past decade, handle the, the board of directors and executive comp sections that were buried in, in the Dodd-Frank Act, which they haven't done yet. They've done other things, um, you know, like, you know, uh, Sue Library. Um, and, uh, uh, what do you? What are your thoughts on um, if they embraced regulation? If they embraced, if we had open government here, um, if other countries had open governments, how do you see the, the the expansion and adoption of crypto playing out over time? So my preference would be, although I don't think I'll get my preference, would be that they do literally nothing. You know that absent people lying or defrauding people that people be free to make their own choices about what they want to buy. I think it's more likely that they simply create clear regulation that allows companies like mine to continue to operate. This is actually very funny. Literally last night, uh, Hester Pierce, who's one of the, I think, five commissioners on the Securities and Exchange Commission, posted documentation with her proposal for safe harbor laws for cryptocurrency. Now, library would easily meet this standard. So, you know, we're being sued by an agency where one of the five commissioners is trying to promote rules that would make that suit go away. So it's clear that there's some division even within the SEC in terms of how to handle this. I would, li I would like it all to be legal, like basically without restriction. I would settle for, you know, simply clear rules that I can follow where I'm not going to be spending a million dollars as a startup, you know, to attempt to comply with the law. And we've tried so hard to comply with the law. You know, nothing has has really made me lose so much faith in my government and my country, which I really want to like as this case. I mean, they've acted like the mafia. It's been really disgusting the way that these people have behaved where they're like, you know, they're, it's like a shakedown. They threaten you uh, to just waste your time, to run up costs. It, the behavior from this agency, I mean, I've, I've, I don't respect them at all, quite frankly, the way that they've behaved. Um, and they, they, they've, it was like they were certain that we were guilty from day one. 
you know, they would just hop from thing to thing to thing. They would never give any consideration that it was even possible that we, you know, were good guys and weren't deserving of this. So um, I don't, uh, I do think the the future is bright though. Like this is a, the like what blockchain enables is it really reduces the control that Wall Street and big tech can have over the average person. They're very empowering technologies. They're egalitarian democratic technologies. And I think that ultimately blockchain will win because you can't really stop it and people like it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I don't know what they can do. So I'm going to ask you this because um, it just popped into my head and it's off, it's off script, but um, I'm going to say one word and get your thoughts on it. Um, altruism. Sure. I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm for uh, altruism. Uh, who isn't? I guess maybe some minority of, of, of people are. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm, I, I consume very little myself. I expect to give most of my uh, earnings and money to to charity one day. I already give a decent amount. I think that that's something that's. I think like wanting to help others is a fundamental part of of most human beings' nature. I think another part of many human beings' nature is a desire to control uh, others, and we see that with, um, you know, with the SEC. But I think that I think that that blockchain is a very pro-social technology that really does make the world a better place. Yeah, me too. I agree. Um, well, I want to thank you for your time today. Uh, it's been a great conversation, very um, eye-opening and enlightening. Um, and um, I just have one last question, and that is how can people find out more information about you, about Library, about Odyssey? So the number one thing that people can do is go to odyssey.com, create an account, follow your channel. What's, which, which channel? You have a couple. So which channel is this going up on, on Odyssey? Uh, prior to the Irish Tech News podcast, one I created, and it may also go up on Regeneration X, because that's the name of okay. this book. So people need to follow you on Odyssey. If they want to follow me, they can. My handle is K-A-U-F-F-J. But you should follow all of the different creators that you'll find, that you'll like. There's going to be so many once you dig in. Um, so just sign up. Create an account. That's the number one thing you can do. The number two thing you can do is we do have a website about the case. It's helplbrysavecrypto.com. That has a, whole, a bunch of details. It has a fact. You can read the complaint. There's a video. Uh, there's a petition. Uh, so if you wouldn't mind signing the petition, we would absolutely appreciate it if you sign that. And if you can share that website with others, that's fantastic. But really, it's about to spreading um, spreading what we've built. You know, we've grown to 20 million users with no advertising budget, with our almost our entire staff being engineers. Um, and the way that we've grown is because people try what we've built, they like it, and they tell others. So that's the number one thing I want to encourage. Excellent. Thank you very much for your time today. Thanks. It was great to be here. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news on Facebook facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.